come on a journey with a cinephile. Wake up, sucker. We're thieves and we're bad guys. That's exactly what we are. Welcome listeners to Journey with a Cinephile Presents bonus episode number 20. So this is going to be my literary review number three. So the two books that I'm going to be covering here is the first one is called Leo Trevelyan and the Lion Ring. And then the other one that I have for you is The Pictish Princess and Other Stories from before Scotland was Scotland or something along those lines. So this is like a collection of like folklore and stuff and these all have interactions and whatnot over there. I've been trying to get this book out for a while, and I do apologize to Ian Flint, the writer of Leo, because he has been very gracious, been reaching out to me, and I do feel bad that it's taken so long, but finally getting this bonus episode out there, so don't think there's anything else I need to say here for this intro, so I will say is thank you so much for coming on this literary journey with me, and thank you for listening as well. Journey with a Cinephile. And for my first review here on this bonus episode is going to be Leo Trevelyan and the Lion Ring. Now this is a tale of turning 21 that takes readers on one of the best sci-fi fantasy adventure of the year. So let me go through some of the stuff here in the press release before I get over to my thoughts. But This is combining science fiction of an alien planet and advanced technology with the fantasy of magic, super abilities, and Mother Earth. Ian Flint's novel shares the story of Leo Trevelyan, a 20-year-old who now, until now, led a mundane life in the south of England, but the moment he turned 21, life changes beyond his wildest dreams. So this is his debut novel of Ian Flint, and it's immersing readers in the tale of how Leo's life transforms overnight. A bit like Harry Potter, it ticks the must-read literary box for readers of all ages. A character-driven, easy-flowing, and page-turning adventure that brims with high-tech underground dwelling, winged horses, wormholes, wizards, sea monsters, and more. The narrative exemplifies why this genre is on the literary up, while also providing a much-needed escape from the universally challenging times. Having penned several screenplays in his early days, the author's passion for writing never left him, and his accomplished first novel demonstrates the caliber of his talents, and more adventures for this character could be uh, in the works. 
So then, let me do the synopsis here, which is most people who have who know Leo Trevelyan would agree that he was an ordinary though troubled young man who had lost his way in life. On his 21st birthday, when the stories his grandfather used to tell him as a child start to come true, Leo's life is transformed overnight. In a high-tech alien world, deep below the surface of the Earth, there is highly evolved... Leogians who have lived undetected for over 80 years. A rare planetary event threatens their very existence. After escaping annihilation on their home planet, they now must face attack by their old enemy, the Varegal. The Leogians are pacifists, ill-equipped for war, and their survival depends on Leogian elder Altaria and a, and a wise old wizard of Tyrwald, awakening and transforming the last survivor of a guardian race, Leo Trevelyan. As Leo's mind is open to ancient memories and magic, he is drawn further into the Leotian world and an adventure that involves an army of little people called the Norbun, a meeting with Diren, Spirit of the Tree, and the Soothsayers, a journey to the ocean layer to find the Arterius, a giant sea monster that guards the arm ring of light, and the revealing of advanced weaponry developed in secret by Altaria and his scientists. As of Regal, appear through a wormhole that connects two worlds the battle for survival commences but was it all in vain so this is a book that i got the chance to read when the writer of flint reached out to me a digital critical copy was sent over for me to check out and what i knew coming in was that this was combining elements of fantasy with science fiction i did read some of that press release ahead of it this is a genre of book that i haven't dabbled much into unless there were horror elements but my roots go back to playing video games like final fantasy more so i was intrigued to see what we'd be getting here so we are following leo trevelyan as he celebrates his 21st birthday he doesn't have a place in the world and it sounds like his parents passed away and his girlfriend broke up with him. There's also this feeling that he gets into fights, and this all changes when he has a dream about his destiny. This leads him to a place that belonged to his grandfather. Now, he was also told legends from this grandfather about their family. So going to this place leads him to meet a ferryman that takes him to a magical world, and it is here that he learns his true destiny. He comes from a line of protectors for this alien race that lives in a world under the Earth's crust. There are a peaceful race that are tasked with protecting who have advanced technology. There are others living around them in harmony as well, and they get ready for an upcoming war with another race that is still living on their home planet. We then shift over to meet this other race. There is a coup led by their prince. He believes in a legend that the planets are going to align where they'll be able to cross over to Earth through like a wormhole. And then like there's a portal that's going to be opening up because of this event. But there is a scientist with their race that also believes it, and we are giving them prepping their soldiers for an attack on Earth. Now, that should work to recap the story and give you an idea of the characters. Now, there's also quite a bit of them. Not in a way where it's overwhelming necessarily, but we get to meet an interesting group of Leosians who will fight alongside Leo. There even seems to be an attraction between him and another one of them. We also have an elder amongst them in Alteria and a wise old wizard of Tyrvald. Now, this latter helps to wake the powers within Leo. Now, there's also the Lion Ring that helps with his quest. Leo gets to know another race of, like, small people who are known as the Norbrun. I kind of looked at them and sounded like Ewoks. Not necessarily how they're described or anything, but just how they kind of fight. They use primitive weapons, but they also have that battle spirit. Now, Mother Earth won't also sit idly by either. Now, with that out of the way, there's an interesting setup for this book. When I was approaching halfway, I didn't know where we'd go from there because it felt like they are approaching the final battle. The time for the battle was approaching, as I was saying, but that is when it switches the other planet where the Leotians are from. We then get to meet the Varegal. These are amphibian creatures that are aggressive. Now, when the Leotians left, they were primitive. In that time that they were gone from their planet, they've evolved quite a bit. Their technology has surpassed humanity's in 
pretty much every way. They're much more a formidable opponent because everything they're doing is built for war. Now, their passion for that makes them even more dangerous for the peace-loving aliens that fled their home world. This does well in building the up-and-coming dictator in Macadamus. Now, what is interesting here is the blurb that I was had read to you to start this off compared it to Harry Potter. I can see that. If I must gauge the age range, this would be more for teens and young adults. That's not to say I didn't enjoy reading this, though. I didn't even read Harry Potter until I was a full-blown adult living on my own. I would slate this into the middle to upper part of that series where things get more dangerous for our characters. We then get like the war aspects and battles and not everyone is safe. That is something I can appreciate. I'd also say that I like Ian's writing style. It is easy to fall in and at times it was difficult to break away. I flew through large sections of this when I had to sit down and read since I don't always have the most time so I'll give credit to him there. And I'd say in conclusion, if you like fantasy novels with science fiction elements, then give this a read. This is a fast one. We have likable lead who is trying to find himself. There's a coming of age element with it. I think the teens or even adults could connect here. Trying to figure out your place in the world is a huge thing. And I mean, I struggled with this. The journey that Leo goes on is good. I like getting to know him in this world that is hidden within our own. Exploring the home planet and the villains also adds to that. I rather enjoyed my time here and would love to see where this takes Leo next if we get more you know, stories on top of it. So my rating here for Leo, Trevelyan, and the Lion Ring is going to be a 7 out of 10. And from everything I'm seeing, this should be available to find if you are interested in reading this. I do know he's based out of the UK, so I would just go ahead and give this a look, but this should be up for immediate release. And for my second featured review here is going to be for the book The Pictish Princess and other stories from before there was a Scotland. This is from 2023. It was written by Dolan Cummings. Publisher looks like Oriole Press. And let me go ahead and this is a book that I got the chance to check out for a critic copy when the author of Cummings reached out to see if I'd be interested in one of those press review ones. I agreed since the book caught my interest. My family has Scottish roots and I figured this would be stories that are based in, you know, fact with some folklore mixed in from this. So let me get into some of the press release here and nationhood, belonging and faith explored in a rich tapestry of tales from Dark Age Scotland. Before there was a Scotland, there were four nations in the land, an eerie foreshadowing of modern Britain as a whole. These nations were united by common religion that had just about seen off the old gods. They were also divided within as well as between themselves. As were many of the members, Cummings' new novel of the Pictish Princess and other stories from before there was a Scotland shows readers characters who are like us and yet not like us. They speak languages we have lost, forgotten, and altered beyond recognition. They practice a religion we think we know but do not, and they always live within the shadow of death. In the lands of Britons, young Morgan is not surprised to find a baby floating in the river. Another infant is transported by as if magic from Northumbria to Dalarada. And far to the north, an old man tells tales to his grandchildren whose real lives will soon be fantastical enough. The Pictish Princess shares all their stories. So this is a captivating opening volume of Cummings' projected series, The Mists of Eld, and marks a fusion of historical and fantasy writing that embraces the uncanny while keeping one foot on the ground. Drawing on myth, legend, saints, lives, and a good dose of imaginative speculation, the author remains truer to the historical record than many other fantasy fiction bestsellers, having absorbed much of the modern scholarship without being a slave to it. The resulting novel is best described as a story made of stories. 
Early reviews have described this as a wonderful novel as a feast of stories and a tapestry of tales. The novel brings together characters from all four nations and later would become Scotland, you know, the Picts, Gauls, Britons, and Northumbrians, and that, in a modified form, went on to make up modern Britain. Cummings was born and brought up in Glasgow, but later spent 20 years in a multicultural London before moving recently to the wilds of Cumbria. Having watched the Scottish independence referendum from exile and later lived through the fiery Bredicks debate, Cummings is sensitive to the nuances of nationhood. Several of his characters live across and between the nations, fighting in ever-changing combinations, marrying foreigners, and speaking their languages. The Pictish princess also revives the powerful strangeness of what was then a new religion. In modern society in which Christianity is taken for granted and often rejected legacy of the past, it can be hard to imagine that it was meant to those to embrace as good news and who lived in the memory of the old gods. Cummings gives his reader characters whose faith is vital and all-pervading and Christianity that's a mysterious and exotic as imagined paganism. So then the author says, historians tend to disprove the term Dark Ages, a fact that does not reflect well on their profession. Yes, it's wrong to associate those centuries with nothing but barbarism and ignorance. For some of us, though, the term Dark Ages invokes something else entirely. It stirs something deep within us, a thirst to know what is unknowable, a fascination that has been lost, a yearning for romance. It is the spirit that I began writing The Miss of Eld. In these stories, they speak languages we have lost, forgotten, and altered beyond recognition. They live in the shadow of death from war, want, a simple infected wound, or the very act of producing a new life in a way which can be hard to imagine. Their world is dominated by a religion we think we know, but we really do not. And then a bit about the author before I actually get into my thoughts is is from Scotland, the first in a projected series of The Mists of Eld, his previous novels of Gehenna, a novel of Hell and Earth, from 2020 and that existential leap a crime story 2017 dolan has also worked as a freelance copywriter and speechwriter he originally from glasgow now lives in cumbria previously he added two collections of essays the changing role of the public intellectual from 2005 and debating humanism 2006 he also writes on a social and political themes a selection of essays and other writings can be found at dolancummings.com so then the synopsis for this book a little bit more is a in a land uneasily divided between four nations, the Picts, Gauls, Britons, and Northumbrians, but united by a thousand stories in a single faith, well, just about, a girl can dream. Monks, mercenaries, mothers can also dream, but dreams can be dangerous. They tend to lead to lost babies, twins torn apart, fatefully mistaken identities, and unchosen transformations. Over the course of 20 years, a handful of dreamers from all four nations cross paths, culminating in a series of revelations, confrontations, and reconciliations. There are battles, sieges, and political intrigue, as well as love lost, love found, betrothal, betrayal, and perhaps kind of magic. So now for me, this is my thoughts starting here. Now normally I'd go into a breakdown of the story, but since this is an extended synopsis was given, I use that instead. I'll just shift into my breakdown. Part of the reason is that the fact there's a lot of characters here. This starts during one time and then jumps a couple more, I think a couple different times into the future. If I remember correctly, it took me a bit to settle in due to that. Even though I couldn't keep the people straight, which kind of felt like I was reading Game of Thrones again, the stories are interesting. To take that back to the synopsis, we have different characters who are like commoners, clergy, soldiers, barbs, and other things that would you'd find back in the day. 
keeps you on your toes. I also like that we go to characters as they interact through the different encounters, which is fun. So like we'll follow a character, we'll switch away to another story, and then these characters all come together as well. This wouldn't work though, I don't think, if Cummings didn't have a good as such a style of writing. I got lost in what they were saying and I would just go with the flow of the story. There were tales that made me tear up, like a baby being snatched by a bird, you know, taken from her family. She is thankfully raised by those that found her, and I believe she was dropped in a boat. There are stories that are similar to like Moses from the Bible where a woman finds a baby in a basket floating on the river. Oddly enough, she was also found the same way. Getting to see this child grow is interesting for where he ends up. There are things that are hard to think about since this takes place so long ago, but the characters do feel like people you might run into today, just slightly different. So if you just kind of let the stories wash over you and go where they take you, I think this is a treat. So there isn't much more that I can say here. I just found this to be a genre of book that I don't normally read. It is funny, and I enjoyed the fantasy and historical movies from the era that these are taking place. So that actually made some of these even more enjoyable to read. It just isn't a genre of book that I've delved too much into. This is well written and with such a different array of stories as well as characters, most everyone can find stuff in here that'll catch your interest. Whether you're following religious nuns, soldiers, blacksmiths, or just meeting those that will lead you to more, I'd recommend giving this one a reading. So my reading here for The Pictish Princess and other stories from before there was a Scotland is going to be a 6 out of 10. And I don't mean that as a slight or anything like that, but this does look to be available where you can find, I mean, at least in Scotland, available in paperback. There's also a Kindle form, so I would kind of look at there. So any of my UK friends, keep an eye out for this one. And people here in America, I think this is probably available more online if you are curious. So that's all I have then for this review here. And I'm not going to do like my normal outro, so what I will say is... If these sound interesting, give them a look. I'll try to give as much information as I can in the show notes, but I want to say whatever you do today. I hope you're safe and doing. Have a great time out there. This is your tour guide of David Garrett Jr., and I am signing off. It had been a wonderful evening, and what I needed now to give it the perfect ending. <laughs>